41 workers at Taipei's Huannan Market have tested positive for COVID-19. This was the result of mass PCR testing of 2,786 workers at the market that was completed on Thursday. The cases were immediately sent to quarantine hotels as contact tracing got underway. With 66 cases from before, the market now has more than 100 infections. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe said such a community cluster was to be expected since the COVID outbreak in Wanhua's Tea Parlor District. Huanan Market will be closed for three days starting Friday for full disinfection. Chemical warfare troops are at it early in the morning, leaving no corner untouched. Huanan Market is temporarily closed and large-scale disinfection is underway. A round of PCR testing the day before had found 41 positives among 2,786 vendors. News of the cluster caught some vendors off guard as they arrived at the market to open up Friday morning. The city government said PCR results only came out late on Thursday. With time of the essence, it sent out emergency notifications in the early morning. All the workers at this venue, including the porters, were asked to go in for testing. The tests show that there are about 41 cases, including two in the poultry market. A few of them are market stall workers. More of them are workers on the outside. Factoring in 66 cases from before, Huanan Market now has more than 100 infections. All newly diagnosed cases were sent to a quarantine hotel, and contact tracing is underway. Huanan Market will close for three days for disinfection. Around noon, the central and local governments announced that they'll install a COVID command post on site. The first will be inside Huanan Market and it will offer testing. We'll start setting it up in the market this afternoon so that people can get tested conveniently. This afternoon, we will issue an epidemic alert via mobile messaging. If you receive a text message, you should contact a public health center if you experience any symptoms and get tested as soon as possible. The central and local governments are working together to investigate the outbreak in hopes of finding and isolating all close contacts by Saturday. We must continue to set up testing stations. People nearby can all go to get tested. And we want to lodge a special appeal. Epidemic investigation takes time. We want people involved in activities relating to Huanan Market to temporarily stay in place. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe said that since the COVID outbreak in Wanhua's Tea Parlor District, the city has been expecting smaller community clusters, such as the recent outbreaks at wholesale markets. In addition to the 41 cases from Huanan Market, Taiwan announced 57 local COVID infections on Friday, a slight rise from the day before. 29 cases were reported from Taipei and 15 from New Taipei. The good news is no new cases were detected in connection to the Delta variant cluster in Pingdong. The Huanan Market cluster infection in Taipei could be a game-changer for the Central Epidemic Command Center as it considers lifting restrictions. A few days ago, the CECC said it was drafting guidelines for reopening businesses. When asked about the guidelines on Friday, the health minister said the time wasn't right to announce them, as his main focus now was to bring community outbreaks under control.
Health authorities say that as of July 1st, 8.7 percent of the population has received at least one dose of vaccine. That figure should move up quickly in the next few days as Taiwan rolls out the Moderna vaccines donated by the U.S. The Central Epidemic Command Center said 418,000 more Moderna doses are undergoing inspection and will be ready for use three days early on July 5th. It's early in the morning at this Taipei vaccine clinic, but many older adults have already arrived. To avoid long waits in the scorching heat, the clinic began administering vaccines half an hour early. High heat can take a toll on older citizens and also on the Moderna vaccines, which must be stored at minus 20 degrees Celsius. Medical workers have had to make special arrangements to beat the heat. The temperature is kept within the defined range. We only open up a new vial when there are patients. This wave of vaccines is from the 2.5 million dose U.S. donation that arrived last month. Health officials announced Friday that a second batch of Moderna, comprising 418,000 doses, will be distributed three days early on July 5th. Taipei City received 87,000 doses in its first Moderna delivery. In these two days, there are about 73,000 vaccine appointments. But Shinkong Wuhosu Memorial Hospital says there aren't as many people keen to get shots the following week. The slots available for people aged 72 and above are all full for today and tomorrow. But starting Monday, there are very few bookings. Having so few people on schedule is really a pity. Every day is a race against time. I think that, if possible, the local government should open up vaccination for people aged 68 and above, or even down to 65. New Taipei received 121,800 Moderna doses from the donation and has made them available to people aged 72 and above, as well as people in the first five priority groups. Vaccine willingness has been high, especially among older adults, who made 80,000 vaccination appointments. We still have 24,000 vaccines left over. We will hold on to these leftover doses for the next wave of vaccination. Kaohsiung received 72,100 Moderna vaccines, which were distributed to 49 vaccination sites. Starting Friday, it began calling up people aged 72 to 74 for vaccination, no appointment necessary. The system has won the praise of city residents. New Taipei and Kaohsiung say they expect to finish up their vaccine stock by the end of the weekend. Powerchip Semiconductor Manufacturing, or PSMC, held its 2021 shareholder meeting on Friday in a hybrid virtual physical format. It became the first major chip company to convene its investors after the COVID ban on shareholder meetings was lifted on June 30th. Voting online, shareholders approved a motion to file for an over-the-counter listing by the end of the year. Staff in protective suits and visors count up votes at this board of directors by-election. Even with so few people in the room, every measure is taken to prevent viral transmission. This is PSMC's shareholder meeting, which is unfolding physically and on the Internet. 
Since the outbreak occurred, it's been very difficult to hold shareholder meetings because there are so many votes and shareholders have to come. But we insisted on holding it today. Only after the election today can we start preparing for a stock listing on the Taiwan Stock Exchange. There's a chip shortage and business has been very good for us. So this decision is the most beneficial one for our shareholders. PSMC has become the first major chip player to hold a shareholder meeting after the COVID suspension. It plans to jump from the emerging stock board to the OTC market by the end of the year. This week, the electronics sector had a lackluster showing, with TSMC continuing its decline on Friday to close down 0.84 percent at 588 NT. Honghai closed at 111.5 NT, falling 0.45 percent. Only UMC and MediaTek ended slightly up. Today, the turnover on the market continued to focus on shipping, transport, and steel. Recently, the electronic sector has accounted for less than 40% of total turnover. Its daily transaction volume has been on the low end historically. Transport and shipping headed for a correction on Friday, with Yangming, Evergreen Marine, and One High Lines losing more than 2%. The TIEX closed flat at 17,710.15 points, down 3.79 points or 0.02% on turnover of 607 billion NT. The advanced Subjects Test, or AST, is a vital event for senior high school students. The university entrance exam was originally set for the first days of July, but due to COVID disrupting schools, the date was pushed back to the end of the month. Teenagers now have an extra few weeks to cram for the test, but they can't leave home. That's led some to organize study support via social media. It's a baking hot day, but up on this student's rooftop sits a table and a chair. This is Haocheng's pandemic study center. I'm trying out placing my table on the roof. I go up there to study. It's a bit hot, but I can concentrate better. The advanced subjects test, or AST, is less than a month away. This year, students don't have cram schools to visit or teachers breathing down their necks. Even libraries are closed. But some students are finding creative strategies to encourage themselves to knuckle down. Members of this reading club chat on social media compete to rack up the most hours of study time. Students act as accountability buddies for each other. You can see whether everyone is studying together. That way, when it's time, you think, oh, I should start too. For me, staying at home is quite easy. It's just preparing for the exams that's a bit hard, because self-discipline is very difficult. The AST has been postponed twice due to COVID. Now set for July 28th to 30th, this year's cohort is a special bunch. They were born during the SARS outbreak, their AST is under COVID, and they are the last year to be tested on an old curriculum. That means no banking on retaking the tests next year. The 2022 exam will be utterly different. After the postponement was announced, I couldn't make myself study at all the rest of the day because it meant my summer vacation was cut short by a month. If we don't do well this year and need to retake the test, we'll need to relearn the new curriculum. I heard the topics are quite different.
I can't say the postponement is bad. It gives us more time. But it means we have to be able to stay at home for ages. You'd think a reprieve on exams would be welcome, but these high school seniors are looking forward to being put out of their misery. For three more weeks, phones will be blowing up with virtual revision groups cramming all they can from home. The U.S. Pacific Fleet has shared a photo of the USS Independence aircraft carrier after Chinese leader Xi Jinping vowed to, quote, utterly defeat Taiwan independence. The aircraft carrier has symbolic significance as it was sent to waters near Taiwan back in 1996 to deter a Chinese attack. Taiwan lawmakers say the throwback photo is a warning to Beijing that the U.S. will defend Taiwan's right to freedom. Resolving the Taiwan question and realizing China's complete reunification is a historic mission and an unshakable commitment of the Communist Party of China. It is also a shared aspiration of all the sons and daughters of the Chinese nation. We will uphold the One China principle and the 1992 consensus and advance peaceful national reunification. At the CCP centenary celebration, Xi delivered a speech as lofty as it was truculent toward Taiwan and other countries. We will never allow any foreign force to bully, oppress or subjugate us. Anyone who would attempt to do so will find themselves on a collision course with a great wall of steel forged by over 1.4 billion Chinese people. Warning that this foreign force was on a collision course with a steel wall, she made a thinly veiled swipe at the U.S. That same day, the U.S. Pacific Fleet's Facebook page shared a photo of the USS Independence aircraft carrier, which was decommissioned in 1998. In the post, it said that July 4th was approaching and that it saluted independence in all who have had a hand in maintaining it. The aircraft carrier was photographed 25 years ago during the third Taiwan Strait crisis. At the time, the U.S. had deployed two aircraft carrier battle groups to the region to warn China against launching an attack. The photo of the USS Independence, posted shortly after Xi's speech, is seen as an answer to his latest threats. You say you want to crush Taiwan independence. Now, through the USS Independence aircraft carrier, the U.S. is telling you that the 23.6 million people of Taiwan will not tolerate any changes to the freedom, democracy and right to choose that we enjoy in our lives. The status quo is that Taiwan is independent, and the U.S. will stand resolutely with the people of Taiwan in defending this status quo. The U.S. has been doing more than sending warnings to Xi. Its Orient Shield training drills with Japan are well underway. According to the U.K.'s Financial Times, the two sides began serious planning for a possible conflict in the Taiwan Strait in the final year of the Trump administration. The report quotes a former U.S. official who said that the eventual goal was for U.S. and Japan to create an integrated war plan for Taiwan. Another official said the U.S. and Japan need to urgently create a trilateral mechanism with Taiwan for the sharing of information about Chinese naval and air force movements. Due to COVID concerns, the Central Election Committee has postponed four referendums scheduled for August 18th. The ballots asked about continuing work on the fourth nuclear power plant, changing the site of an energy project to protect an Elgo reef, allowing the import of pork containing ractopamine and allowing referendums to be held with a general election. The new election day is set for December 18th. 
Let's hear from the CEC chairman. Given insufficient vaccine coverage and the absence of strict control, major events or large-scale activities lead to large movements of people and reduce compliance with epidemic prevention guidelines. In addition, due to the emergence of a more transmissible COVID variant, even if the epidemic is brought under control, it has a great chance of flaring up again quickly. On Friday, the CEC also approved the petition for a recall election against Chen Bo-wei, a legislator of the Taiwan State Building Party. Voting is scheduled for August 28th. The CEC will convene on July 16th to decide whether to postpone that election. Lots of people are taking up new jobs and launching experimental projects to get through level three restrictions. We met one fitness coach in New Taipei who's completely changed track. He now runs a bakery van selling baked goods to his neighbors. But he manages to throw in a little fitness education alongside the bread. The baker warns customers that his bread might make them put on weight. That's because his first passion is fitness. However many products you buy, you have to do just as many squats to pay for them. Xiao Dao has been a fitness coach and gym owner for 10 years. Now, due to level 3, his gym is shut, but he's still liable for up to 300,000 NT in running costs each month, including venue rent and employees' welfare payments. So a month ago, he started baking bread and set up this bakery van. His model-esque physique and fitness-oriented marketing have attracted a number of fans, and he's making thousands of dollars a day. I tell customers the calorific value of the bread, and now I'm also training them. So I'm selling them bread, but I'm also teaching them how to lose weight. They say each profession is incomprehensible to outsiders. I think it's worth encouraging him, as he is willing to try something new and readapt to life during the pandemic. Both food and fitness are crucial for health and happiness. Now, Xiaodao's got a toe in each industry. Six Taiwanese track and field athletes are headed for the Olympics, according to the World Athletics Governing Body. Two-time Olympian Chen Jie has booked his berth in the 400-meter hurdle. Sprinter Yang Jinghan will compete in the 100-meter dash. And Chen Kuiru has qualified for the 110-meter hurdle. The three others bound for Tokyo are javelin throwers Chen Zhao Chun and Huang Shifeng, as well as women's hurdler Xie Xi'en. Meanwhile, in tennis, sister duo Letitia Chen and Zhan Haoqing have also qualified for the Games. Another one of Taiwan's Olympic-bound athletes is champion boxer Chen Yanqing. The athlete from Hualien is one of the world's best female fighters. And after crashing out of Rio 2016 in her first bout, Chen's had four years to hone her skills. Now she says she's stronger than ever and has her sights set firmly on gold. So here is the tournament number one seed, Chen Nianqin from Chinese Taipei. This was Chen in March 2020 at the Asia and Oceania Olympic Qualification Tournament in Oman. She advanced to the semifinals and secured her spot in Tokyo. 
It will be her second Olympics after Rio 2016. I think in terms of preparing for the Olympics, psychologically I've grown a lot. And also, I've already experienced the Games once, so the second time around, I really want to do myself proud. Chen competed in Rio at the tender age of 19 and was eliminated in the first bout. Now she's got a second crack at the Olympics. She switched to the welterweight category and is ranked number two in the world this year. The World Boxing Championships winner says she's only now at the top of her game. I think that fighting in the welterweight is a fast-paced category, and people have a lot of different techniques at hand. I think my strengths are probably that I'm faster and I'm quite spontaneous, and I can change my strategy instantly in the ring. These are my strengths. But COVID has eliminated chances to compete abroad, which is tough for boxers who train in tournaments. Chen has turned to sports science strategy to refine her training, and often spars with top male boxers to maximize intensity. Men's training and pace is quite different to women's. Women are extremely fast. Men help me improve my technique a lot. Technically, they can react instantly. It's very tough fighting men and I make a lot of progress through it. For her second shot at the Olympics, Chen is determined to make it to the podium. I said to my coach, OK, let's get Olympic gold. We have to get the gold. That's what we're always thinking about and working hard for. Chen is throwing herself wholeheartedly into the final weeks of training. Her trip to Rio was a baptism of fire. Now it's time to show the world how far she's come.